hey, this is a follow-up conversation on the inner critic. So everyone deals with that nagging voice in their head. It's the voice that tells you to worry, to be anxious, or that your voice is too raspy to jump on a podcast. The inner critic keeps us from the most abundant life, really. And so what we want to talk about today is how to deal with that inner critic in the context of community and as leaders, parents, and creators Let's get to it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast. Why has it been almost two weeks since we've recorded a podcast? I think it's because we're sinners. Yes. Oh, wait, but you've been talking about that recently on your uh, your did main you, channel. Did you watch that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, my voice is already gone. <laughs> <coughs> Dear Lord, help me. So I will be I your host, Tanner Coppinall, today. <laughs> this morning, I talked about the fact that we're not sinners anymore, so it was ironic you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. But it's because you listened to it. A little bit, I'm a at good least. Disciple, no. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> That's oh, a different man. podcast. No. Are you my disciple or a Daddy Furtick's disciple? Uh, definitely Daddy Furtick first. <laughs> oh man, I have prior trust. Yeah. Uh, inside jokes, guys. We're talking about the inner critic today, and uh, last thing we talked about when it comes to the inner critic. Forgive my voice. I'm going to go in and out of puberty tonight. Me too. Um, Me too. We talked about how you know when it comes to creating content and being creators and being just operating in the local church. The inner critic can destroy. Um, we talked about the inner critic as our baby scream in the background. Yeah, that's mine. Um, <laughs> it is. It's not mine this time. Yeah, I know. We that. talked about how the inner critic, we've qualified it as um, it often looks like unhealthy comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's assuming what people are thinking about you. It's crippling. Uh, it's con- discontent and it's being dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always present, honestly, in everything that we do. It's hard to get, just silence that voice, you know, in failure and success. It minimizes success. It magnifies failure uh, or it gives you a big head. Um, mm. It's overcritical and, and critiquing every minuscule detail. So we talked about discerning God's voice of correction and conviction Versus the inner critic, which is shameful and will inflate your ego. So today we get to talk about when it comes to being in communities, are you holding in a laugh? No, 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 no. I was for a second uh, because I had a a joke and I thought about it again and I was like, I I won't, I won't do it. You ever have those times in class (laughs) where the teacher's saying something very serious? Yeah. (laughs) Or like someone breaks down and starts weeping because maybe they just... I don't know, they're homeless all of a sudden, and you're just sitting there as a 16-year-old. For some reason, (laughs) that's when your body decides, (laughs) this is a great time to laugh. To have an uncontrollable laughing moment. Yeah, yeah. And you're holding it in going, please, God, I don't want to be that kid. I had a joke lined up. It was in my head, and I was like, I'm, no, I'm using discernment. I don't want (laughs) to. You didn't listen to the voice of the inner critic. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, sometimes the inner critic will say, this this joke will land. Drop it. They'll love it. Do it. Fine. And the crowd it's like, love no, it, it's actually going to hurt his feelings, you know? You don't want to hurt your brother's feelings and cause him to stumble and, you know, 
I don't Your do joke that. was gonna be aimed at me. It was, yeah, it was. Like, oh, get off, get off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the inner critic when it comes to being in communities and yeah. functioning as the body of Christ. And um, how does the voice of the inner critic, which we know is contrary to the spirit, mm. how does that inner critic affect you in community? Yeah. Um, you answered this the last time as we were taking notes. I think you're the one that wrote down, it can distance you, divide mm-hmm. you, isolate you, uh, exalt you above others, yeah. mm-hmm. um, almost create teams within mm-hmm. the community yeah. where I'm Apollos, I'm Peter, I'm kind of mm. like we joked about in the beginning, are you my yeah. disciple or Daddy Furtick's <laughs> disciple, <laughs> which is, a, they're both jokes, okay, they're not serious, don't condemn us in the comments, but <laughs> the point is that, yeah it can affect you in community. How have you seen that happen or yeah. what are some practical scenarios you've seen that play out? Yeah. I think what it does is that insecurity can heighten um, your ego. And I think what it does is it, it puts you in place of in leadership rather than Jesus. Um, and so what I think it does is, is it distracts your leadership skills to be able to implement, you know, your, um, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, but I think overall your why. Um, and I think that's, that's why pun intended, um, why, why, um, it's so important to not listen to that inner critic so much, which again, we talked about how the inner critic can be a good thing. It can actually like push you towards, um, are you thinking that that's not what we talked about? No, I think we talked (laughs) about how the voice of God's spirit, which can have, helpful critical aspects is good not necessarily the the maybe like criticism is not yeah there we go there There we go go. um so we talked about how that criticism can be a healthy thing if you if you don't turn it towards you know putting yourself down in insecurity and things like that and you know not if it doesn't edify you or build you up or push you to towards christ or towards you know the goals that he has set for you um, I think that's that's where you get you know kind of thrown off. So I think it, yeah. it, it d- throws in a distraction for your leadership skills. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking just like the typical church goer, uh, single mom of two, going mm-hmm. to church every Sunday faithfully, attending Bible study, trying to function as her part in the local church, sure, uh, or in the global you know timeless church, but specifically in that local context. And then there's always that nagging voice as she mm. gets in the car to put her kids in, and mm. she's 20 minutes late, thinking about how. Uh, I didn't even have time to shower. Uh, no one's going to mm-hmm. want to be around me. Uh, I'm a terrible mom. Um, you know, if I don't have my home together and kids are yelling, then how could I ever go to church and think that God would want me to be around his mm-hmm. people? That nagging kind of, I, th- that's the scenario that's painted in my head is mm. <clears throat> the typical <clears throat> t- churchgoer yeah. or, you know, believer in a local church who carries their insecurities with them into the into the body mm-hmm. and how that can affect the way you relate with people. Yeah. Um, some people aren't stepping up into the, the God given roles yeah. or calling God has for them because of insecurity. Some people right. aren't, uh, are distancing themselves from Nancy who greets them every Sunday, mm. uh, when they're called to minister to Nancy and encourage her because they're insecure about how they sound or how they look right. in front of Nancy and Nancy's a theologian and I'm not, you know, so, insecurity that inner critic rather can almost rob you of relationship Mm -hmm. real relationship with people and it can even drive you to do stupid things yes when you are in relationship with people where you're Mm -hmm. just trying to get approval 
and you're trying to get acceptance. You, you or want just the trying applause. to be better, right? I want to be better than you, yeah. Nancy. Yeah, I want to be a theologian. And you're I want to be, be trash smarter. To me. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know that. Yeah. It all of a sudden you're competing, right? Instead of serving, all of a sudden. Um, mm. So those are just the practical ways I think of the inner critic robbing you mm-hmm. of purpose, effectiveness, mm-hmm. relationship with people. Um, so, and I think that's where that's. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like I, I really think that's where that it's dividing okay. I was factor. Insecure about it, not extra insecure. <laughs> Here comes about the inner it. critic. Uh, no, but I, I think that's where that division comes into play, right? And mm-hmm. that division leads to, like, not not only is it like one on one division, but that actually creates more of a division than people think. Like, if I if I am in a leadership role and I am divided against somebody, mm-hmm. right? It's ultimately going to. Um, have this domino effect in your, your team, you know, whoever you're leading with, if this is in a team setting, right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you could also put this in and correlate this in, in marriage and what that would look like too. You know, uh, they always say in like marriage counseling and things like that, you know, you're not, uh, working against one another. You're not, you know, against one Mm -hmm. another. You're for each other. You're, you know, you're fighting for one another. You're fighting for your marriage. Um, and it, it divides when you allow that inner critic or that inner voice to distract you from, again, your why. Why am I married? What is our goal in our marriage? Why am I leading? What is our goal for our team? And I think, uh, again, it's just the root of it. It all it all causes division. It all causes um, just a lot of hurt, you know, in, in your teams and, and, yeah. and what you're leading. So, The inner critic almost has you uh, living for the approval of people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you to like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas someone who ignores that inner critic of, hey, you suck, you'll never be anything, they're, they have the ability to listen to God's truth above that voice, mm-hmm. which allows them to be secure enough to serve someone uh, from a place of not needing their approval. So I'm yeah. not serving you for your approval or for your thank you or for you to recognize my gifts. I'm serving because I'm already secure and mm-hmm. the inner critic doesn't rob me of joy and confidence. So yeah. how do we function in community and create godly community? That's what I want to emphasize mm. uh, without being disrupted by that nagging voice of the inner critic. So think about everywhere you go, you are adding to or detracting from the intended community and culture there. Mm. So if you are creating godly community um, and you're trying to do that, rather the inner critic will actually impede that mm. um, so that you are not playing your role in making that culture or community better and you can't function yeah. well. Um, you really can't. It's almost like a a paralyzing, crippling thing where uh, the inner critic actually begins to uh, stop you in your tracks from making any progress or doing anything of value for people mm-hmm. because... Hey, you're so, um, it's the paralysis of over-analysis. You're in your head too much to be available to people. Mm. And if you are around people, all you're thinking about is what they're thinking about you and how to get them to like, approve, want, or notice you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, how would you answer that? How do we function in community and specifically create godly community without that nagging voice of the inner critic? Yeah, I think... At least for me, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, once you get over yourself and and look past yourself, 
and you look at how can I serve others and serve God, of course, you know, serve God first so you can serve others well. The, it just came to mind because there's been times where I've shown up in a ministry setting and when I, like, I know that inner critic is in my head and I know insecurities are in my head and I have a lot of this, you know, build up in high emotion, high tension, you know, in, inward, right? Um, but when I've looked past that, even though in the heat of the moment, like I have a lot on my heart or I have a lot, you know, on my mind that's clouding my, my mind or even my like decision-making when I've looked past that and I, and I look at, I'm just, I'm here just to serve. Like I'm here just to serve God and create an environment or to create, you know, content or to preach and teach. So, you know, you're, you're conveying content, um, when I look past my myself and what I can gain out of it, and I look at how it's going to impact people or impact the you know the kingdom of God, I think that's where it starts because a lot of the inner critic it just points to you, it points to me, it points to me, mm-hmm. rather than how can I serve God and serve people, um, and and creating this environment and doing my why, you know, as distract. No, I'm I'm gonna create a word yes. uh, as least distracted words as I can be. Tanner. I was going to say distracted list. <laughs> another, words another. Words so that that's actually, it's funny. I'm going to make a quick story. Last episode, almost the entire time that inner critic in my head was like blowing up because of the amount of times that I was like, is that even a word? It's ironic. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to bring that up because it's, it's funny that we're talking about this because we're creating right now and the inner critics in our head all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Put it in a marriage context. How does the inner critic, you know, rob you of a, an intimate, loving friendship with your spouse? Mm. And I think there's a number of ways, you know, mm-hmm. that I don't even need to get into because everyone is thinking of, I, I can tell you exactly how. And we all have that picture in our head. But, you know, frame it up in a marriage context. Frame it up in your family setting and your, mm-hmm. and living at home with your fill-in-the-blank or, or going to work and how the inner critic can rob you of being effective for God at work and being diligent with the job. And I think it comes down to being distracted from the, the mission, hmm. from your purpose, from what is ultimate reality. The inner critic simply wants you to take your eyes off what is ultimate. So you mm. mentioned it, like see yourself, uh, or the inner critic wants to just give you tunnel vision on yourself. Mm-hmm. Almost put yourself in the spotlight and everyone else becomes the audience. Everyone around you, you see as fitting mm. into your life purpose. Yeah. And the inner critic is amplified when you see life like mm-hmm. that. But when you see yourself as... Hey, I'm a part of something bigger than me. I'm a part. I'm a role. I'm a body part in Jesus's body on the earth. Well, then I think that becomes a little, um, a little more pushback against the sure. inner critic is yeah. to see yourself as part of a bigger thing. Yeah. Cause then it's not all about you and the inner critic doesn't have as much power. So I want to communicate this the way it like popped in my mind, but do it. The inner critic appears to us as negative and putting us down like towards us, right? And what we initially see in the inner critic, but then it, its goal is to actually make you focus on yourself in the end, which mm-hmm. is so funny because the way that we look at it is negative, but then it turns out to us trying to build ourselves up out of that, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that disrupts your leadership and, and implementing your why into your, you know, your realms that you're creating. Mm-hmm. So 
the picture that gets painted is that the inner critic wants to bury you in a hole in the ground mm. so that you spend your life just trying to climb out mm. and you'll use whoever you need. You'll do whatever you need to get someone's attention to start pulling you out. And, mm. and it does become about self-worth and identity and mm-hmm. value and self-esteem and um, people's approval. Mm-hmm. And instead of living from a place of I'm on level ground, I'm, you know, as believers, we're in the highest station a person can ever get to. Right. Um, we couldn't, we can't climb any higher. We can't, God can't bring us any higher than mm-hmm. what he's brought us to in Christ. Our, our values off the charts, our, our identity is insane. Like it's crazy mm-hmm. when you think about who God has made you to be and how much value he's assigned to you and where he's brought you. Mm-hmm. But if you let the inner critic get to you, you start to live from a place of, I'm just trying to climb out of the hole instead of, I'm on top of the world with Jesus. Um, and so, even then, though you might be in the hole still, and st- exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, the, the the point of that analogy is that um, there are people who listen to the voice of the inner critic, and every day is just a battle mm-hmm. to feel valuable instead of every day is an opportunity to serve God and love people because I'm secure in who God has made me to be. And so when it comes to the inner critic, you know, there are parents listening, there are leaders listening, mm-hmm. leaders at work, you know, supervisors, managers, church leaders, uh, whatever kind of leader you are in the community and at your school, you know, there's creators listening. And so what we want to do is really frame this conversation up to address you guys. Yeah. And so, you know, those with leadership responsibility often have the loudest voice of criticism, I'll say like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the greater the load, the greater <coughs> that voice um, can have a hold on you and the mm-hmm. louder it can get because you're more vulnerable under the weight of that responsibility. Yeah. And so I would say those with leadership responsibility in families and schools and work and churches and ministry often have the loudest voice of criticism in their mm-hmm. heads. So how do we lead through um, the inner critic and overcome yeah. that instead of being overcome by it. And, you know, I will, I'll say, I think the way you lead through that and overcome the inner critic as you lead is by admitting that the inner critic is there mm. and actually leaning into that reality as a bridge between you and the people you're leading. That's good. So it becomes a way that I can relate with the people I'm serving instead of going, guys, deal with the inner critic, get over it. I can go, man, I have that too. Yeah. Um, trust me. And then that becomes a connection point for you and the people you're serving. Um, and I would say, take a step back and daily, like uh, maybe on like a moment to moment basis, mm. don't obsess over it, but just think through throughout your day. Hey, what voice am I believing right now? Mm. 
what voice am I listening to? Because there's always two competing voices. Yeah. There's really only two competing voices. It's God and everything else. Yeah. So, or the voices that God is using and speaking through, is he's the source of that, mm. or any voice that has to do with darkness and evil and, and the devil. And so, mm. I would say, be honest about the fact that the inner critic's there and be paying attention to which voice you're paying attention to in any given moment yeah what do you think how do you lead through it so number one i would say uh you need to know your know your purpose and what you're doing uh and then two i would say know that you're not alone um so first you know cover uh know my purpose know why you were brought into that thing for a reason like for parents um man it is such an easy uh temptation to think I'm a failure as a parent. I mess up. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. You know, all these different things. Uh, I actually heard this um, from like a a parenting conference that we went to uh, at our church recently. And this, uh, it was a a mom uh, who who actually said this on a board. And she had said, um, God placed you as their parent for a reason. And I think that was a relief for me because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a dad, uh, to my daughter and, you know, now I can remind myself going forward, you know, I am her dad for a reason, you know, and I have a purpose in that. And then two, um, there's a lot of times when as leaders, we're going through stuff, like we're in the midst of that inner critic being heightened or, you know, outside distractions, you know, being in the way and things like that. And, some of the coolest moments that I have seen in the ministry setting has been uh, when the leader, you know, the the head of the snake for lack of better, you know, terms, but um, is feeling discouraged or is not in the right place. Or oh, what? What do you have Sorry, to say? Just when you said snake, I'm a slithery snake. That's okay. <laughs> Gosh darn it, me! Like I said, for I had to get off TikTok, for lack of better terms, I'm a slithery snake. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now now that you said something, I'm going to just be specific. There were moments and times at First Baptist where, you know, maybe you came in and you were exhausted, you were tired, um, and it was so cool uh, for me as, you know, a lay uh, volunteer and things like that where we all came around you and, you know, it, it was almost like this time of like we would come and pray around you and uh, it would almost just be like a very natural time of just lifting you up, even though we might not have been, you know, uh, obvious with it, you know, to the students or things like that are like, Oh, I'm going to preach for you today. Or like, you know, whatever it was just natural, this, this awesome spiritual lifting up, um, to you as our leader. And, um, it's cool when you as the leader get to also be a part of that too, because, mm-hmm you know that you're not alone in that thing that you're leading because you have some leaders that are under you that might even be better at what you're like than what you do right in your mm-hmm. position. So it's cool to have people surround you and build you up when you might not be in the right place, the right mindset, that inner critic is, you know, super heavy and it just gives you an opportunity to, to watch them do work um, that maybe you wouldn't have seen them before and you get to empower them. So um, that is one of the coolest ways I think you know, in leadership, you know, having these responsibilities as leader, you know, being the vessel over that, those ministry settings, you know, that we can lead through those times and overcome, you know, that inner critic that we have in our head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of suppressing it, um, give voice 
to the fact that you're struggling and share that with people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good, a very, very easy application for those that are leading, whether it's with your kids or your spouse, uh, to not conceal that battle with the inner voice, inner critic, mm-hmm. but to actually like use that as an opportunity to admit weakness and be humble and lean on God and access strength that he supplies through people mm-hmm. around you. So be discerning about who you share it with. You know, just don't just be hopping on MySpace because we're in 2005, <laughs> you know, sharing. I guys, the inner critics really gotten to me. You know, the people that yeah. like, for some reason, when they're, they experience like the worst possible, someone died in their family just now just, and they whip out their phone yeah. and they start recording on TikTok, yeah. them weeping. How is that your natural, res- the first thing you think of yeah is i need people need to see i need this. attention really yeah. yeah and that's not healthy so be honest about your struggle mm-hmm. but be selective and discerning about you know sure sure share that with sometimes it's a good setting in church if you're a pastor and you're not feeling it that morning the inner critic getting to you give voice to that because then you know the people in the crowd will go oh my gosh <laughs> he did He's not an angel that fell from heaven. He sucks too. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just becomes a point of relation. So the last mm. question is, how does our inner critic negatively impact the people mm. who are called to lead and serve? Mm. So it's not just about how does it affect my relationship with people mm. or what I bring to the table, but how can it actually affect the people God has called you to mm. lead and serve and empower and help? Yeah. And man, I, there's nothing that initially comes to me when I think about that. The mm. inner critic negatively impacts the people we're called to lead and serve. Mm. I'll say it like this. Everyone thinks there's some private sins that don't affect anyone. Um, mm. All sin, private, public, small, big, however you want to qualify it, all sin is like a hand grenade. Yep. And the shards are going to hit someone yep. when it goes off. And I think the inner critic also fits into that description mm. pretty well, which is that the inner critic in your head is going to impact negatively the people around you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Whether that your battle with the inner critic comes uh, through your life in the form of bitterness towards others mm-hmm. or jealousy or comparison yep. uh, or undermining someone's authority because you're insecure about where you are, whatever it is, there are many ways mm-hmm. that your personal battle with the inner critic can negatively impact. Think about the garden. Yep. There was one voice that, that Eve should not have listened to mm. and she chose to listen to the wrong voice. It wasn't the inner critic. It worse. It was the serpent. And that, Choosing to listen to that voice has impacted humankind yeah. throughout the entire rest of human history. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say listening to the wrong voice mm. can negatively impact your children, your spouse, uh, your leadership, your community, your work environment. Mm-hmm. And we got to learn how to... You can always tell when an employee is having a bad day and they've given into that inner critic yeah they're yeah. overcome by shame depression whatever it is mm-hmm. it's on their face yeah there's your burger jeez ronald <laughs> like did someone die nah, i just i hate mm. me mm. and then you get you can have a conversation with them but mm. you can see how it affects people yeah i'm telling you yeah i mean i see it all the time in in my workplace too uh I mean, some of you might not know this, but I, I move furniture and 
you can tell that somebody's performance is affected when something's on their mind. And it's happened to me plenty of times too, like in heightened moments of emotion and um, just a lot of distractions around me in my life and things like that. I like, I'll mess up. Like I'll, I'll literally just like, (laughs) you'll hit a wall for no reason. Like in other days when you would, you know, not hit a wall or things like that, like you literally physically hit a wall with like the furniture or something like that. You're like, why would, how did I even do that? Like, I just, I'm I not you meant fo- mentally hit a no, wall. No, no, no. Yeah. That's why I said, <laughs> that's why I had to clarify. <laughs> actually yeah. hit a no, wall. it actually does. Yeah. You can, you damage the product, <laughs> you damage the house, the customer's house or things like that. And like, I, I saw it on uh, one of my good friends at work. He had a lot of on his mind and he dropped, I think it was like, it was like a foot to this, uh, this adjustable base for a bed and it hit the floor and this, <laughs> the customer was like, I just put this in yesterday and there was like a dent, like a little tiny little dent in it. And I mean, he literally was just holding it and then just dropped it. Like it was just out of nowhere, out of random. Like a demon punched it out of his hand. (laughs) So like, and I think that's, I mean, it relates to whatever you're doing in your leadership and how you're creating when you have a lot on your mind and the inner critic is heightened, you know, in your life in that season or in that moment. Um, it often affects your performance or how you act or your, your character and things like that. And it does affect the people that are around you, you know, whether you like to think it or not, it just, it does, it affects the people that you're leading. This almost becomes a conversation on mental health and mental battles, Yeah, which we don't want to go down that route. Maybe, maybe eventually, but for now you can even just say, you know, mental battles don't just affect my relationship with people my own personal mental mm-hmm. battles, not to put more weight on you and increase the mental battle. Yeah. But when you think through, Hey, what I'm battling mentally right now mm-hmm. is going to impact the people that God has placed close to me in my life. Yeah. Um, some people would respond to that with, wow, thanks for making it harder. Yeah. Thanks for increasing the pressure. You jerk. Right. Whereas I would say, actually that becomes way more motivation to be more serious and thoughtful mm-hmm. and uh, battle that voice more yeah. instead of giving in and going, well, it is what it is, right? No, yeah. it's not. There are people on the other side of that who will yeah. reap the consequences with you. Right. Yeah. And I, okay, so this will be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I'm a sporty guy. A lot of you guys might know that because of how much I've talked about sports on this podcast, but um, you can just think of like any professional uh, profession, right? Uh, For me, I go immediately to sports in moments like where these professional athletes are messing up in the game that they're playing or whatever. It is so easy for them to just make mistake after mistake, after mistake, after mistake. Why? Because they're living in the mistake that they did, you know, initially that they vicious cycle, right? So they just keep on, you know, eating themselves because of that. And I think what happens from, from there is you'll see some of these professional athletes that, you know, the really good ones, once they start to move past that and erase that in their mind and they move forward, they're able to still perform well through that and have it and face adversity and still play well um, or perform well. And so, it, I mean, it's in, it's in everything. It's like in theater arts, it's in dance, it's in music, it's in everything that you can possibly think of. Crocheting. Crocheting. <laughs> Sewing. Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty. Am I allowed to say that on this podcast? Oh, well. I just said Call of Duty, get over it. <laughs> You noob, no. <laughs> what are you doing, Grandma? Pony noobs. I'm pony, I'm pony noobs. This is just a podcast of memes. Um, just became that. But yeah, I mean, 
I think it that just correlates with everything that we do in life. Like when that inner critic um, is nagging at us, it tends to to bleed into you know the way that we act and um, the way that we affect people. So. And I don't think we're at all going down this road to be like, suck it up, get over it, you're hurting people. <laughs> but rather, there, there might be another perspective yeah. to this that you haven't considered for those that feel that that the the battle with the inner critic, you just keep loose and you're like, I don't mm. know. You know uh, one of the things that helps me a lot, whether it's uh, choosing to resist sin or not go down that road or not say that thing or not give in to that inner critic voice is that... I have children, I have people who are learning and listening and being discipled by me, Mm. and I can't afford to allow them to get less from my life because uh, I give in to the inner critic, Mm. um, and jealousy drives me, or comparison, or pride, or Mm. I need more numbers because I'm insecure, you know, that kind of thing. So we just want you to think through this, take a step back, and evaluate where you're at with the whole inner critic um, side of life because it's a real thing. It's mm-hmm. a real thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish I could say that it's not going to happen or you reach a point where it's gone. But but I will say that that voice loses power over time. Yeah, the more you grow in Christ and know His voice better, the yeah. more you become familiar with God's voice. It's not that that voice, the inner critic, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it just gets drowned out with the voice of God because mm-hmm. now you've given more attention to his voice. Yeah. And so yeah. it just becomes a little chirping, like um, the VeggieTale episode where the, the, the lie grows and grows and grows, and then yeah. Junior tells the truth <laughs> over and over. I did this, I did this. You oh, she's shrinking. Is it the rumor weed? Um, is that what it is? Was, am I mixing up the two? It could be. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I think the rumor weed also gets smaller. Yeah, it does. Let us know in the comments how bad Someone I researched VeggieTales for us. VeggieTales, but it was like a big, big alien blig, blig. that came from outer space. I, th- I think Junior does lie, too. He does something yeah. to make the monster bigger. But the point is, it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks as he does the right thing. That's what happens to... The, mm-hmm. the voice of the inner critic over time. So when you don't feed into it. Yeah, I think practically too, it also does come with experience. You know, um, if you're new to parenting, if you're new to marriage, if you're new to leadership, you know, things like that. Once you have more experience in that realm, um, you start to get more comfortable and, and start to feel um, more confidence in, in your purpose in that thing. That's and right. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm less insecure when I've experienced something already and I'm able to move past it easier because I've, sure. yeah, I've gotten yeah. through it. You know what I mean? Because again, I go back to sports. If I've, if I've made that same mistake before and like basketball, if I made a bad pass, I'm like, well, I've done that before. All right, just move on to the next play. It gets mm-hmm. easier because I've done basketball for years. And even though I've made that mistake before, it doesn't bother me as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think it, it also comes with experience too. So true. New, for some reason, new mistakes really, really destroy us. Heck the yeah. We've already made. Heck Sometimes yeah. It's like, ah, I've done this before. Bothers me. Yeah. Done this before. It's like, why have, why, <laughs> why now? Why am I just, you know, making this mistake now? Beat, beat myself up all the time over yeah. this kind of stuff. So happens to me too. Yeah. We're playing basketball tomorrow anyway, so I can get ready for that. Have fun. Guys, if you didn't already know, um, this is an extension of, uh, above reproach ministry online. Uh, you can go to AboveReproachMinistry.com to check out everything we have and check out previous podcasts. Uh, I encourage you to listen to part one of The Inner Critic if you have not already. Uh, that was a 
This is a fire episode. Don't lie. No. And, um, <laughs> and hey, a critic. Hey, don't be the <laughs> critic in the head. I'm going to say it was awesome. Back nah, it off. was good. It was good. Yeah, it was. So we'll see you guys because I can see you guys on the other side of this. Heck yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. You guys keep moving towards Jesus. See you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Reproach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to abovereproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card. You can give through PayPal. Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.